Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, that as rich guys would do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Pat, you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on cool. This is my advice to you. And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, Go Bros. Uh, we are here with Philip Coroneos, and we are going to get down to the nitty-gritty of some great one-sheet questions. And Philip. Uh, welcome to the Go Bundance Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm hey, buddy, why don't you tell, tell everybody about yourself, you know, in like three to five minutes, like story of your life, day you were born till now. Yep. Born in D.C. I uh, grew up right outside of D.C. In, in Bethesda, Rockville, Maryland, and have two brothers, a sister, and then two stepbrothers. So it was pretty hectic at home and grew up playing, playing different sports, mainly wrestling. And then went to Florida State and, and down in Tallahassee, Florida, and met my wife there. So that was awesome. Partied too much and <laughs> have changed that since then, which is good. But uh, got a degree in risk management insurance and sold life insurance for a little bit. And then went into banking as a you know, financial representative, doing some banking, personal banker, uh, and then got into real estate in 2013 and started, I guess, really just started kind of like most people probably, right? But uh, got a townhouse, a duplex, a couple single families. And then actually we had some some family money. And then we started getting some mid-size all in 2016, got some mid-size apartments, uh, just kind of dove in. And 20, let's see, backtrack a little bit. That was kind of business. I don't know. I do do different investing options and stuff also. And then family-wise, got married in 2011. We have three kids, seven, five, and three, uh, two girls and then a boy. And we live, sorry, yeah, I guess where we've lived <laughs> after Florida State, I guess I'm getting a little choppy here, but we, uh, we, we after Florida State, we moved down to West Palm Beach, Florida, and then moved up to Charlotte in 2012, about a year after we got married, I think, and lived here for a few years. And then when we were about to have our, our second child, we moved to Daytona Beach, Florida, because I had family down there. 
and then we just missed Charlotte. So we moved back up here in 2018. And, um, this is, this is where we'll call home, I think for a little while. <laughs> and, um, yeah, just, we like traveling. I always have to kind of push it because with a, a five, seven, five and three year old, it's not the easiest to travel, but I don't know. We just make it happen and go <laughs> and go. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's awesome. So, you know, we got a lot of commonality, like, uh, so my daughter lives in South End, and she yeah. right outside of Charlotte. When she moved there a month ago, I moved her. I moved her in, and it's a nice area. I, I hung out there, and uh, I love it. I love the. I love the town. I love what's going on there. It's, it's an amazing little area. Well, I'm like and crazy. I'm yeah, just nuts. Like you could totally tell that the that the, the neighborhood she lives in. There's all these like little tiny single family like bungalow type houses that are all like gentrified. Like you could tell they were all run down at one point. Now they're massively gentrified and like breweries and coffee shops and, you know, Mm -hmm. vegan, vegan eateries. And just like, I swear to God, every like 90% of the population of like, 10 blocks surrounding her was under 30 years old. That's what I was going to say. I was like, it's like a 20 year old, 20 to thirties dream. (laughs) It's a dream. She can't believe it. That's why. And and she was living in DC actually, which is our other commonality. I'm from Maryland. I grew up in Maryland. Mm -hmm. Both of my daughters lived in DC. Uh, One still lives there. And so, uh, so she, you know, she loved DC, but it's just completely different city. It's just, it's the, there's more, it's, it's just a, a total different vibe. So anyway, yeah. she likes it a lot. For sure. That's awesome. Welcome yeah. So, okay. So, so, so your vertical income, like at, were you, were you like an insurance adjuster or something? Did you no, have a job? Still, Do you still have a job or? I, I sold life insurance for Northwestern Mutual when I was in college as an intern and then for about nine months when I got out. So I was, I guess, a lot, most of my, you know, people from Florida State with insurance major went either, you know, that personal, the life insurance or property liability insurance, you know, for, for homes so, or for businesses. And I chose the So then you, you did that and then you just quit and then just became an investor after nine yeah, months well, out of college? No, 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 no. Then I went to uh, Chase Bank for oh, okay. two years. Yeah. And then... And then moved up to, to D.C. or to, to, to Charlotte, rather. Yeah. And we, we had some, I think it was around, yeah, 2011 was when we were starting to get some, some help from some family money, inheritance, whatever. I don't know. I'm like figuring out how to say it. But yeah. Yeah, um, whatever. So, so that with that, we we're, I think I had read four-hour work week and was like, you know what? Well, it's the worst that could happen. We move. We run out of money and I get a job again. So we, we, my wife and I quit our jobs and we moved to Charlotte and we figured it out. So that's, fun. that's, that's great. I love that. I love that attitude, right? I think more people yeah. should have that, you know, like a friend of mine was going through a big divorce and it was beyond 50, 50 split with him and his wife. Like he, he's like, you know what? I'm going to just give, give it to her. She was getting like 65%. Let's just say, I don't remember the exact number. He mm-hmm. felt like she was getting a lot, right? And it, it was like basically taking a ton. Yeah. And he told me, he looked at me, I'll never forget. He said, Pat, he's like, I know how to make money. Yeah. I was like, you could, you could bring me down to zero. I don't care. You know why? Because I, I know how to make money. I'm going to make it all back. That's awesome. 
you know, whatever. And I think you had that attitude too. It's like, you know, I yeah. know how to make money. We're going to just go and do this. It doesn't work. The time we'll I, out we else. didn't necessarily think we knew how to make money, but we were just kind of like, at least we'll have a, a year, few years, whatever of the freedom, whatever, freedom to think, freedom to do what we want. And um, I do think maybe we've, we've, for, you know, we could have made more by working jobs and reinvesting that money. But I think the freedom to think and the freedom we traveled and just hung out, I don't know, as, as a husband and wife, I think there's a lot of benefit in that. Yeah, that's amazing. And I guess you could probably never see yourself going back to work, can you? No, not, not as a job. I don't, I don't no. think so. That's, that's, that's great. So tell me about, so what percentage are you? I was, so I guess that's where I was, I was emailing you and asking about the, uh, the option stuff. So I guess I'd be a right at 108% from what I was calculating for this right. quarter. And, and, and his question guys was, so you, you do like day trading, right? Uh, so with me and, and my GoPod, really, we, we started trading options uh, last August and well, I've done, op I've traded options for off and on for about 10 years. And last August, somebody said it in the GoPod and I was like, well, actually I just started trading again and you know, let's figure this out. So, so we kind of went from the premise of, okay, how do you not lose money? And, and it, you know, I laughed, but then I was like, actually you can, you just sell puts. So then if you have to, and whether somebody understands this or not, I guess I'll try and make it simple, but you you then, if it goes to the price of that stock goes low, you end up buying the stock. So you own a hundred shares of it or whatever. And then if it goes back up, you sell a call and make a premium. If it goes up, you end up selling them both and, and you make money. So unless the company goes out of business, you make, you, you're good. And right. then we've, we've adjusted it to doing that with options or something called a synthetic covered call. So, so we're definitely not day trading. I did try that uh, about two weeks ago, and I got my butt handed to me, and <laughs> I was like, no, nope, so, we're done with that. So, yeah. So, it was a great question, because at the end of the day, like, capital gains are horizontal income. This And this is the answer I gave you guys. Yeah. Well, capital gains are, are it's horizontal income. Like, if you flip a house, or you sell a house, or you, a company you own part of sells, and you make a, a cash, cash from that sale, uh, that is considered horizontal because you didn't really do any work for it but if you are trading time for money and you're actually going to every single flip and overseeing the contracts tra contractor and or, or or the one that's actually you know watching the markets and pulling the triggers on things every yeah. day like a day trader then that is vertical income that's a job and that was the answer i gave you so yeah so, so you came I up with 108 percent Go ahead. So, uh, well, I came up with about a, a two thirds vertical and a third horizontal on that after kind of what you said, because I was like, well, okay, I, I spend more time than I need to. I could let it, but I, I'd check it and I, we, you know, make different trades throughout the day. And so I was like, until I make it more passive, I'll, I'm fine with a lot of that being vertical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay, cool. So, so at least you got your, your, your monthly expenses for a family of five covered by yes. your real estate and some of your trading and, uh, and some business investments. Yep. Yep. Okay. So you got that figured out. The wrong tribe confounds the right tribe compounds.
Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, so let's talk about your debt, right? So what is your debt to net worth ratio? So that, where'd that go? And that would be the that... recourse debt. That you've signed for. Yeah. So it was about, wait, no, that's, yeah. So it was, it was not just under 20%. So wow. it was 1.34 million of debt on 6.8 million of net worth. Perfect. And good. yeah, that's good. That's conservative. I like yeah. it. I was happy I mean, with that's, it. That's, I, I, I think if it was, I think if I did the debt to like my real estate, I think it's still under 50%, which I thought was, was fine too. We are working on a few refis right now, but it's okay. Yeah, that's interesting. No, that's good. I like that number, Ben. I've seen some crazy numbers recently and um, I, I just think it's something that we can't talk enough about. You know, anything under 50% is, uh, is, I think is where everybody should strive to be. So you're way under that. Uh, that's good. Very good. Okay. All right. So, and all your horizontal, tell me about the companies you said, the private companies. Do you- yeah. So I started, maybe some people know Ty Lopez from, from YouTube or from Instagram. Some people like him. Some people think he's a joke, whatever. I think he's, I think he's onto something. And um, him and his business partner, Alex Mayer started they started with just building companies. And so the first one I invested with them was grass. It was a um, protein, like, like be like a slim gym, but healthy, organic, you know, actually made of meat. I'm not sure what slim gym's made of. <laughs> and I'm not sure where that one is. I don't think it's necessarily taken off, but then they started buying some basically going out of, I guess, depressed assets. Is that what it'd be called? Company. You know, so the first one that I jumped into was Pier One. So it went bankrupt and then they bought, so all they did was they bought the rights to the online and the emails and and all that. And so now it's, they don't have all the leases. It's just an online e-commerce company. And so we, my brother and I actually got a refi and some of that refi money we put into that. And, but what's crazy is it there, it was 20% interest only loan for two years and equity so debt plus equity so after the two years we actually get the money back plus i forget i think it was i'd have to look 20 or 40 percent let's go with 20 percent almost bonus i guess at the end so 20 percent a year plus the money back plus 20 percent, and still own the equity in the company yeah so and how long has it been six seven months and there's okay six seven months so they're paying you basically 20 percent. so it's a 20 percent loan and yeah yeah Oh, so to me, I was, I don't know, getting 20% was awesome by itself. And then if the equity works out, oh, that's cool too. Yeah. Um, so we made a few other of those investments too it, with them. And um, they bought Dress Barn and I invested in that too, which is a women's How much money do they, do they buy like uh, these things for? I think Pier 1 went for somewhere around $31 million, hmm. which I don't, I don't know how you value that. I mean... It's, no, you're not necessarily you buying anything, right? but I mean, sure, you're, you're buying six million emails. Yeah. All right, so let's shift gears. All right, so let's, how much do you weigh? All right. Well, 
I was 215. Now, this morning, actually, I was 210. <laughs> I, uh, for this, Congrats. this, thanks for this call. I was like, well, let me go, you know, get my body fat percentage and see. I know I've gained weight since, since a lockdown. I just, I don't know. We switched our diet and I gained some weight. I thought a lot of it was muscle. Uh, it wasn't. It was, <laughs> it was all fat. I gained like 10 or 15 pounds of fat. <laughs> so, but I, I, I work out five days a week, so I was kind of surprised. Yeah. So, what type what okay. type of workouts do you do? We do I do CrossFit, so pretty intense. I like the heavier weights, but they still make me do burpees. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you do burn a lot of calories with the CrossFit. I mean, you're definitely yeah. in a caloric deficit after the CrossFit workouts, and and I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. And yeah. I just wasn't. I wasn't and then eating what about, great after that. What are your eating habits? Well, so I guess what I switched to, what I had been doing was kind of intermittent fasting where I'd, I'd try to finish eating dinner five or six o'clock with the young family. So we eat early and then not eat until bedtime. But I was, I was cheating on that some and then try not to eat until sometime after workout or, or nine or 10 a.m. So I basically just switched and put that like, okay, now I'm going to actually do that which then kind of puts me into ketosis or it does because I did the keto diet a while about a year ago. And so the, so if I did, you know, try I've been trying to do keto until about lunchtime, maybe a little bit later, depending on what I have around to eat. And if I'm hungry, I know really hungry. So that way my body can burn the fat overnight and in the morning. And then I just kind of eat regular the rest of the day, but I just cut out like the bowl of Cheez-Its for a snack and grab some fruit instead so yeah i love intermittent fasting i've been doing it myself uh that and gluten-free and uh in six months i've okay. definitely lost weight because of it so it's uh it's very effective i i think it's uh i think it's a great way to go let's let's shift gears now let's talk about your right. uh, pillar of genuine contribution so what are you okay. doing to give back we're usually pretty good about the the 10 percent tithe well, I say pretty good. It's actually kind of challenging with just different investment income. Hey, how much do I take? Was that income or were there expenses? But we usually do pretty good. We have, a, I don't know, probably 10 different ministries that we like to give to. And then we've also started volunteering at our church once a month. So it's not a ton. But so like last year, we gave thirty around $38,000 and made okay. somewhere around four hundred. Okay. Well, that's great. Yeah. I mean, 10% is, uh, is honorable. You know, most people that come yeah. on here is one to 2%. So, you know, that's great. Yeah. It's very good. It's very good. I feel like if I'm going to make it, we might as well, we might as well do something here on this earth. Right. No, yeah. absolutely. I just started, started partnering with One Life Fully Lived. I'm excited about that and what they're good. doing. Good. Yeah. They're doing some great things. So, yeah, that's awesome. I think, uh, and then, and you say you volunteer some some places. Yeah, or? at our church, just once a month, just with okay. the, in the ki- with the kids. Got it. Got yeah. it. All right, let's talk about that. Let's talk about kids and authentic relationships. Uh, the next pillar. You got three kids. They're all really young. If you were to die today, Philip, who would be your pallbearers? <laughs> um, my brothers, and then I would think. A couple of my, my friend, Frank, Jared, Greg, Nate, maybe my stepbrothers too. I don't know. I feel like I have a few really close friends that 
that would be Paul Bears. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. And then your life happiness index. What's your number? 7.81. 7.81. So almost yeah. eight. So you're almost creeping eight. up to yeah. eight, which is good. Which is good. What, what's I'm the lowest the... thing? It was a risk. I had, I, I guess I didn't really do any of them as like, this is horrible. I hate this part of my life, <laughs> thankfully. But I would say that the lowest would be risk or excitement, which with, with our children, we don't, you know, go and do anything crazy. <laughs> yeah. Which would be cool. But at the same time, like, I, I understand we're in a different phase of life. And at some point, we'll, we'll go to do some awesome, yeah. I don't know, travel. I guess in my head, I think, like, well, a couple of years ago, I did go, we did go to Europe and I went skydiving. That was okay. exciting. Yeah, that's uh, no in, joke. In, in Europe. Oh, yeah, it was in Switzerland. It was so beautiful. I would recommend anybody do that. In the um, Interlaken? Interlaken. Ah, that's funny. Yeah, it. we went there. Uh, my wife and I went to Switzerland for two weeks and uh, recently. And we, we yeah. stayed in Interlaken. I know exactly where the, oh, that's amazing. where the skydiving was and the parasails where they all land in that huge field. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah we yeah, went we up just, on a, one of those red helicopters, the, uh, yeah. the Swiss Alps. Whatever hell, like the, I guess the emergence, I don't know what it is for, but if somebody's stuck, they go get them. But somehow we went up in that. <laughs> yeah, cool. we just, uh, we just sat there and drank coffee at the one, at the one cafe that overlooks it and just watched all you guys land one by one. It was amazing. I mean, it was just like pretty cool. In an hour, you could see like five people or more land, you know? That's awesome. Uh, would you say that that's probably one of the most beautiful areas? That was my thought, but I maybe I haven't been everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was gorgeous. I mean, everywhere you go, it's just, yeah, it's just gorgeous scenery. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I it's, you know, Hawaii is pretty it's gorgeous. expensive. That's true. In a different way, but yeah. In a different way. But as far as just looking around, going, wow, you know. Yeah. It's definitely one of those. Okay, so tell me about your GoPod. Yeah, so we got Eddie Workinger, Dave Hayes, Brian Failer, and Don Alley. We meet once a week on Zoom, unless, you know, a few of us can't make it, whatever, but we're, we're pretty good about it. And then, and then, like I said, we've, well, it started with just three of us doing the options trading, but like, so we, we text often and a lot of it's surrounded around the stock market and options, but I guess most of what we, so sometimes we're talking about the options, but a lot of times we'll just, you know, hop on the Zoom and talk about updates on what, what each of us are doing. So like one guy, one of the guys, Brian uh, has built several of his most, most of, I think his rental properties, he's built them and then just turn them into a rental. Um, or Don owns a martial arts studio or Eddie's you know, property, the uh, realtor property management owns rentals also. So just really wherever we're at in life and what we're, you know, updating each other and questions we have for each other. That's great. man. That's yeah. great. Got a good, got a good crew there. It's sounds great. like, and it's cool. You have some commonality, something that kind of go around and around. It's funny how that is. It seems like a lot of GoPods, you know, there's tons of stuff to find commonality around, but investments always kind of runs a, a good theme. I know uh, in yeah. my GoPods, that's kind of what we like. The, we, we had a GoPod meeting today and, you know, the whole thing was about the different investments, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. amazing, you know, that's most of what um, we talk about. Yeah. Okay, so what's your biggest business goal for the next 12 months, would you say? So we, we have a, so my biggest, biggest goal really is to figure out what we have. We own um, 
my brother and I own a, a 20 unit apartment, a 19 unit apartment. And then my brother, sister and I own a 61 unit apartment and the 61, I really don't care for. <laughs> it's, it's just Why? not, it, it's not in the nicest area. The rents are 600, 700 for one and two bedrooms. So there's just constant turnover, constant people that are leaving or we have to evict and you know, they leave and then there's 2,500 or $6,000 of stuff that we got to fix up, whatever, maybe, maybe if we'd have made them nicer over time, maybe the way, but just seems like it's never ending and it has appreciated. So I do like that. So we're, we're in the process of selling it and hopefully we will. And then it'll be, a, is it a nice on story. the market with an agent? So no, it's actually, it was, it was off market and I got a few people that just had emailed me saying, Hey, you know, you're thinking of selling. And I was like, well, not really, but Hey, you know, we can talk. And if you want to give a good offer, then maybe we'll sell it. And um, so then I reached out at a few other agents that I had just talked to over the years that have, that had done that, asked me about it. And um, we got a good offer and ended up getting it under contract. Okay, good. Uh, okay. So it's under contract now. Sort of. <laughs> we, I don't know if this needs to, whatever, either way. So we, <laughs> They got a survey. So we were 53 days into the contract and the survey came in and that was the last day of his contingency. And it came in that we owned all the land we thought, but then we owned a little sliver to the east, which is a paved driveway. Basically, there, there should be an easement to get to the, the mobile home park next door and the guy that's north of ours, but they couldn't find the easement. So they said, hey, we need to extend it another five days. We said, okay. And then they, they still didn't find the easement. They didn't do anything in that five days. And they wanted more time. So we were like, no, you don't get more time. You either figure this out right now or, you know, we'll just move on with life. So they said that they, they defensively terminated so that they could, he could not risk his 40000 earnest money. <laughs> and, but, and, but, uh, but, but how would it have affected him right because you own the land so the easement would be the other guy's problem exactly right? that needs the easement that's what i said i said dude if somebody doesn't want to pay to put the easement in place you move the fence over and now he can't get to his property but so what's the issue and they just i don't know the was fence wasn't on the easement no the fence is just on our property so we literally didn't know that we owned it looks like just a road but i guess but it's not. is the fence on the road no the fence is just on our on the property and on but, the property. So not on the easement. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. It's irrelevant, right? I mean, it's I irrelevant because it may put you're in control. Correct. And it worst is what a thousand bucks to put an easement, record an easement. I don't know. I just, I didn't, I totally was frustrated with it. And why would you want to record an easement for the other guy? I mean, like, you know, yeah, he should just, pay for it is what I, that was the next thing. If they need the easement, they should pay for it. So, I don't know. Yeah, he must have got some bad advice. That's too bad. So uh, yeah. So well, I bet I bet you I would put it. I would just say, okay, fine, and I would put it with a commercial broker and forget about the off market deal. I would make it officially on market with a big ass sign and everything, and, yeah. and you know, create an auction type atmosphere. You know right. what I mean? And that's I would probably decide. better better advice than what we should have done. <laughs> yeah, in the first place. So I mean, the, he did get the market is crazy. So. Right. He did get an appraisal that's supposed to come back either, I think, today. So that's my thoughts is, I guess we'll see where the appraisal comes back. 
if it comes back high and he wants to pay more, he can. If not, we'll just yeah. We you might well, you might not know what it comes back at because it's his appraisal. Right. Well, he can either if he wants to get back under contract, I would. Yeah. He needs to show yeah. it to us. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a couple. That's days. kind of my thoughts. What? He kind of put the uh, ball in our court, and now he's got to you know get back into contract with us. How much is it? It was it's under contract for two point eight two two million eight hundred twenty five thousand. Okay, so almost three million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you. I mean, I I had an eighteen unit, and I had the same experience. It was um, hmm. it was a it it, it required almost a full time employee just to manage it, just because it was such right. a low low class of tenant, and the and it was um, I sold it for the same same sort of reason. Like some of them work great, right? I mean, I yeah. got. I got but, them all over, but but some of them we were did buy it for one point two. Don't work. How long ago? The end of twenty sixteen. So just over four years. Oh, oh so, man, so yeah, I definitely. Never mind. It's not bad. <laughs> so, but yeah, I agree with you. No, well, it's great. Double plus. So uh, I would say I would on now. All right, cool. So let's see. Let's move on a little bit. I know uh, risk and adventure is low on your yeah. LHI, but uh, let's talk about let's talk about your your past and your future. Let's talk about your your greatest hits. Uh, how old are you now, Philip? Thirty four. All right, thirty four years of life. What would you say the three greatest hits of Philip are? Like the three most poignant moments. Hmm. I guess I. <laughs> I was just thinking of kind of recent stuff, but I would say that Europe trip was pretty awesome and the skydiving there, but because we ended up going to Switzerland over to France, Italy, into Germany for a little bit. But I would also say buying a hundred units in 2016, that which was definitely, it took some cojones, but, but the prices we got them versus where the market went to in the last four years has been nice. Yeah. Um, Right. And then I was going to say my wife and children, but then my wife said, though, that's, you know, everybody does that. That's not, that's lame. <laughs> yeah. She's right. I was like, okay, she's well, right. If you agree, yeah. then good. Try to make but, it think a little harder than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so then I was thinking really learning these options trading because I, I, we didn't necessarily get into it, but I, I should make over 600,000 this year in options trading. And so if my whole, you know, that would put my income right at a million. So it's a good so wait a minute. So so you know you should make is it's only you know three months to be April. So are you saying you have made a uh, say 150 so far three months? Yeah, you're making I'm actually like three. A, uh, 172. I wrote it down somewhere. Yeah, 172 realized gains right now. Realized gains. What did you make last year in options trade? A hundred thousand. And that was so from August to the end of September or end of December. Why, why, why are you, are you betting more or are you get just getting better? Or is there a reason economically that you're up? Both. Like, I mean, you're um, like, you're, I don't even know what that is. I mean, it's, yeah. if you stop today, you'd be up 70%. So that would be four times, you know, way, way up. Well, cause we, so we, um, yeah, we start, well, and I started with less. I don't, I think I started with about a hundred and then, I don't remember September, maybe I added 50 December, maybe added another 50 or another hundred. So part of it is we're getting better. And then the other part is I've added more uh, right now. The stocks we're trading are down. So I wish we were talking maybe in another month 
<laughs> and I'd have even better stories. Well, you right still now. got 170,000 of, of, of realized gains. So this money is actually made in, in the yeah. bank. I mean, it's, it's, that's, you know, no, that's really now, cool. I'd be down, but I, that's why, that's why it's like, well, I'm holding these options for, they'll come back. You'd be down a hundred, more than 170. If I cashed out all my account now, yeah, my unrealized losses is pretty low right now. So, which we realized, oh, we're doing some things. Pretty we high right now. Pretty uh, high. Yes, pretty high. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah. high. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Correct. We realized what we were doing. We were trading a little more of the tech stocks than we thought we were. Yeah. And, uh, and they just got hit the last month and a half. We're sitting well, here March 31st. I mean, no. bless you, because that's a, that's a stressful. That's a stressful. <laughs> you know, that's. Mm, interesting. All right, cool. Well, let's talk about future. What? Give me three yeah. future greatest hits. Out in the travel world, I want to go. Want to go out west and go take the family and go hiking, uh, like Arizona, Utah, California, mm. something like that. Okay. Or all three. Good one. And then our five-year-old actually has had some health complications the last year, year and a half. So that is really our main personal goal is just to get her fully healthy. I don't know. I don't, I don't share it really often, but she's had seizures. And so really we just want to have no seizures. I mean, that, that sounds simple, but the uh, medical world of seizures is not that simple. So yeah. So it's not like they can't say it's like epilepsy or they did. Yeah. They did. They did. But the, the tough part is there's not, there's not as much, focus on what's the cause it's more hey try that most of the doctors at least it's mostly try this medicine and if it doesn't work we up it oh if that medicine doesn't work we switch it and up that and just kind of go from there whereas i'm yeah. like well, what's the cause come on what's the let's cause figure out the cause yeah how that but that, that that's beyond their pay grade i mean that's like for a scientist to figure yeah that would be like saying what is the cause of breast of heart cancer. stuff right well, we should be working on that too. I would think <laughs> so. and, and they are. They are. <laughs> you, can't, you. you can't pinpoint it. You know what I mean? You just can't. Yeah. Like, it's just not one of those not fair things. I think any yeah. childhood disease is, yeah. is not fair because I think an adult, it's easier if it's an adult, obviously, because if it's an adult, you're like, right. oh, did, they, did they smoke? You know, or, you know, were they overweight? You know, <laughs> you're just, and that's, you know, instantly you're going for what's the cause and exactly. but with a kid there's no i don't know if you could say there's a cause with a kid you know right i haven't yeah. had no, enough experience right and that's exactly where we're like what how could this how could this happen what do you mean but we're working on it so we, we're hope, hopeful optimistic and that in the next year we'll have have some some answers we're doing different tests and natural tests and see what's going on in her gut and with her diet and her sleep and mm. we're working on it. That's great. So, That's great. Yeah. Okay. So, so what else? So. And then, and then I would say just give a hundred thousand dollars in a year. Mm-hmm. I like that. That would, that would and be, and I wanted David Osborne is give a million in a year. So that's probably, yeah, that'll I be at the next level. <laughs> Actually, I like that goal too. I'll actually write that down because I've never given uh, a hundred grand. I, I think that's yeah. right. I, actually, I should do that for next year. I always feel like it's funny. I don't know if at, at, at the GoBundance event, I don't know if you saw this, James Doty spoke. And, and one of the things that struck me, he said, I have never met 
a wealthy person who didn't believe they were middle class. Hmm. And I, and I, and I, that's kind of how I feel, right? Like I've always had more money than most people, or at least recently. And, um, but I still like middle, I've always felt like I'm middle class. You know what I mean? Like, uh, mm-hmm. it, and, and it affects my giving. This yeah. is what I'm getting. This is what I'm getting at. It affects my giving. Like I'm much more apt to like reinvest, you know, as soon as I get cash. Right. What I try to do, I don't know if it helps you or helps anybody, but as I just, as the, the cash flow comes in, I try to take the money right then and just put it in a, my tithe account, contribution mm-hmm. account, whatever you want to call it. And then when I find the need, I just then give it. Yeah. So I don't know. That helps, but yeah, but one yeah of the I just I, one of the things I think I'm going to do, which uh, somebody recommended to me recently, was you could actually set a, up a, an account that's like a family account, and then you could let your kids give it away. And I think that that okay. serves like multiple purposes. Number one, it gets them involved in the family wealth, and number two. It gets them, you know, gives them some sense of of soul. It helps their soul, and, yeah. it, and then at the same time, it helps my soul because I can see, you know, what their passions are. I think that's an awesome idea. So I think next year my goal. Will, okay, well, you hold me accountable. Next year I'm going to put a hundred <laughs> grand in one of those accounts, and then there you go. And then and then let my family decide. Like they nice. maybe we have a family meeting and say, you know, you guys, you guys take this year and kind of like 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 a, a hedge fund or you know what i mean or whatever where they're yep. buying things and having discussions about what to buy and how to sell and all that same thing but with charities what are you going to do who should we give it to yeah that'd be that's a cool idea i like and well i mean at least for me three five and seven i'm like how do i teach them how to give how do i teach them to be givers mm. That's my, how do I teach them not to be so possessive over their toys? <laughs> I don't have the answer. Yeah. yeah. I think that, that could help as a family, family giving, you know. Yeah. If you really wanted to do it, yeah, you would, you would cancel holidays or Christmas, so to speak, or, or whatever. I'm doing that. Honestly. And, and saying, you know, you got to give whatever. It's got to go to yeah. charity. I mean, that's, that's kind of extreme, but still anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's, uh, let's celebrate let's, let's, Christmas. They just don't need as many toys. <laughs> That's right. What's the, in the kids' mind, what's to celebrate? You know, right. give away all my money. Um, yeah. All right. So let's let's spin the GoBundance app and get a random question. You ready? Okay. All right, Philip. What is the uh, biggest failure that you've had in life, and what did you learn from it? Hmm. Well, what's coming to mind is I. I don't know when it was 2013, 2014. I was trying to actually just make my investments more passive. And I invested in high dividend paying oil stocks. I thought that they, they were preferred, preferred stocks, not common. So I thought that would be beneficial, but these oil companies were leveraged out the wazoo, the oil, you know, tanked i don't i don't remember somebody that knows oil would probably understand 2013 2014 2015 it was somewhere around there they all went under literally i i i need to tally it up but it was probably one hundred thirty thousand dollars of a loss and i'm i wasn't where i am now now it would be less of, of it wasn't an issue then but i mean i took it fine but i just 
I didn't, I did little to no research on these companies. I didn't realize how leveraged they were. And, you know, I was like, oh, well, the worst case, they go out of business. I'll still get my money back because they'll sell everything. You know, these are preferred. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was a good 130,000 just losses over the, you know, that came in over the next couple of years. Yeah, that's interesting. So, that's, uh, you know, oil is a tricky business. Yeah. You know, you don't realize how volatile it is. It has been on oil ever since then. <laughs> yeah, and you would think it's one of those things I think you would think it would it would be fairly safe, right? You would think. Yeah, everybody's using yeah. it. Hmm. Yeah, you, you had mentioned maybe about a year ago something on the in the GoBundance Facebook group about Oxy and yeah. something else. Yeah. And I was getting back into the options at the time, so I actually did buy some calls. Some of them weren't too too far out. So I just made a little bit of money on those, but then I'm, I'm actually still holding some of them. Really? They're, uh, yeah, they're, they're up pretty good. I feel like I'm, I think I'm up four or $5,000 on those on that. Well, that's, uh, yeah. that's good. Cause I think I lost on that deal. I mean, I don't, I don't do options. I just, you know, buy and sell and, and I probably yeah. can't, I'm, I don't, I'm not in them anymore. I probably, I just sold because they were down because that's funny right. and it, it just it shows you over time right it was only a year ago but but then over shot time like crazy it, now it went way down and then it went way up and if it just yeah. sat there and not bothered it you know yeah that because yeah i think it was around let's say 13 dollars a share for oxy and right now it's somewhere close to 30 mm. so you would have almost you know two and a half the money which well, is crazy to think about. <laughs> of course, yeah, sorry yeah. to tell you that. that no, that's right. I mean, shit. There's been so right. much other stuff that's gone up, up, <laughs> and down, and up since yeah. then too. You know, it's just uh, yeah. I probably, I'm sure I made it back on something else. But exactly. all right, Philip. Well, this has been fun, buddy. I appreciate yeah. you coming on, and look, hopefully, we'll get together in the near future and uh, break some bread. Yeah, I need to come down to Charleston. I just met Matt O'Neill over at Sam Weger's house. Oh, you did? You were at the Anthony Robbins thing? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, great guys. For sure. That's that's cool that you guys did that. We we need to do that on a wider scale, you know. What tell everybody about that real quick before we before we end this. You Yeah. Tell so what we, you guys did. So Tony Robbins has a, his business, well, he's doing virtual conferences right now. He's got a huge studio with I think 40 or 20 foot high uh, screen so he can see hundreds of people or thousands of people on Zoom. But instead of us sitting at home, um, watching it on my computer, going to eat food, getting distracted, we all went to Sam's house. Uh, there were five GoBros and uh, I think five or six other people. And we just watched it together and we had different breakout sessions together. We watched, sorry, the, the business mastery, Tony Robbins business mastery. And um, it was awesome to be able to then just talk business and talk ideas and it was good. Okay. Yeah, that's so cool. Definitely so recommend cool. it, said, especially. Yeah, Matt was telling me about it, and I was like, "Damn, we should, we should do, we should do all with twenty guys." I mean, that would be yeah. kind of a, and it's all organized, right? I mean, like he kept you busy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty busy from whenever they start till till they finish. Mm. Yeah, it was cool. And Sam, Sam definitely went next level. He had hired somebody to basically put food out and get dinners and get dinner ready. And so that was nice. We had one last thing to have to think about. And then he had a, I don't know what it was, stretch massage person that was doing some very active stretching with us. <laughs> I don't know how to describe that, but 
<laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, you know, that, that stretching thing. They have, they have, I've seen these franchises are like Stretch USA or whatever, and you yeah. just go there and they just, it's kind of like they just stretch. It's like Thai I didn't know that. massage type stretches where they just, yeah. Like, it's not I mean, I love it, but yeah. It, w- it seemed similar to chiropractor, yeah. yeah. All funny. right, cool, bro. Well, good. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll, de- we'll definitely get together. For sure. Talk All to right. you soon. Bye-bye. Later. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can see.